Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Wrath of Khan Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, one minute at a time. I'm David Stoker. And I'm Chris LaSalle. Welcome back, Chris. Hello, Dave. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. And we are once again joined by Pete Mummert from Indiana Jones Minute. Welcome, Pete. Thank you. Welcome back, Pete. Thanks. And this is, uh, you know, we appreciate Pete being here as this is a momentous moment for us. We have reached one hour into the movie. We are minute 60. Woo-hoo. So fanfare. The Wrath of Khan hour. And there was much rejoicing. <laughs> yes. Never thought we'd make it this far. <laughs> it's a home stretch now. Yes. We're, <laughs> yeah. Are we, wait, we're not past halfway mark, though, are we? We do are we not. Ma- I do not. No, believe- I think we are. Are we? Yeah. I think you yeah, are. There's only 113 minutes. Oh, yeah. I guess we... Oh, you blew <laughs> that, that Chris. We missed that milestone. Oh, sorry. We're actually all downhill from here. Yeah. No wonder it feels <laughs> much easier now. Uh, so we are on minute number 60. Uh, and this minute starts with uh, Savick continuing to say uh, from her uh, previous statement, area without arm em- escort... And ends with uh, McCoy, Savick, and Kirk uh, moving out. Moving out. <laughs> so yeah, so 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 Savick is finishing the uh, her interruption from last minute that she's quoting General Order Fifteen: No flag officer shall beam into a hazardous area without armed escort. And uh, and Kirk's first reply is, "There's no such regulation." And so, what do we think? Is there or isn't there? <laughs> So I, I actually researched this a little bit. Oh, <laughs> and well, my first impression is, <clears throat> is, um, you know, of Savick and her playful nod, like she uh-huh. has like a little bit of a smirk and a little twinkle in her eye, and it's you know, yeah, is she, you know, she just wants to be on the away party, like is she just saying this, or is it something? And I, I found this on one of the forums somewhere that someone mentioned, well, this might be one of the general orders that Kirk always ignores. Because <laughs> he's always quick to go on an away mission himself, and maybe he just forgets about it. Yep, so he's just, he's just, he's saying no such regulation because right. he's, he doesn't want to acknowledge that there is one. Right, exactly. Well, he's, he sounds shocked. Like, he, his reaction's immediate. He doesn't think about it for a minute. He's just immediately like, there's no such regulation. Like, it, there's no hesitation at all. Like, he, he seems genuinely surprised, like either that she would bring it up or that she would make it up. He's like, after all these years, why didn't anybody tell me about this one? <laughs> Could have saved myself some heartache. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I find it, I find this this curious. Well, Sulu kind of laughs after he says that. Like, McCoy is completely stone-faced and he kind of standing there with his arms crossed. And Sulu has kind of a chuckle. And I don't know if that yeah. helps explain it or not. There's all sorts of fun. There's a, there's a bunch of, I, I didn't notice the Sulu one, but now that you 
bring it up. There's a lot of fun reactions to this exchange. <laughs> so Dave, you already mentioned it. You know, Savick's got this, you know, knowing smirk on her face that you know, she said, go ahead, you know, prove me wrong, Admiral Kirk. Right. Yeah. Uh, Kirk's got his, you know, he's like, when he, you know, realizes what she's doing, he's like, oh, and then he gives like, you know, a nice, another one of those approving uh, uh, looks over at Spock, like your cadet did it again, Spock. <laughs> and then it, if you blink and you miss it, McCoy, uh, he does uh, oh, yeah. give her a little bit of a look. He gives her the eyebrow, like yeah, well played. That, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that a lot of like you shouldn't be bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> right, he doesn't know about that one. So I thought that was a I thought that was a, a fun little bit of acting on all these folks and yeah and even like you said Sulu in the background he's smiling <laughs> yeah so I think we might have talked about this one offline but this next moment uh, when uh, Kirk and, and McCoy turn around to go out to leave the bridge and Spock says Jim turns around and he just says be careful. This is, is it me or does this just land like a dud? <laughs> it, uh, it does. I, I, I find it, I, I find it, I think it's a terrible line. I don't think it's, <laughs> I think it's, I think I understand why it's there. You know, I think it's supposed to just give another, you know, kind of strengthen this, this connection that Kirk and Spock have, which we already know going into the film and they've already done a good job reinforcing it in earlier scenes. Um, but I think they're just trying to, you know, do it again. And this one just, I don't know, it, it lands pretty flat for me. Really? I, I, maybe I don't like the line. I definitely like Kirk's response where he sort of smiles at Spock. He's, you know, he's, he's showing a little bit of his human side and he's not being the complete Vulcan. And I, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe I liked it. Like the touch that it, that it brings. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm kind that. of in the middle. I like, I liked the touch that it brings. Like I liked the emotion behind it, but it's also sort of felt out of character for something that Scott, that Spock would say. Right. Me, at least. But I guess I, you know, it's funny. I, I guess I wouldn't have, uh, well, I think Dave, what you just said, yeah, you know, like, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Okay. It's, it's, it's more of his human side coming out there. Right. And maybe it's supposed to be awkward because he's not used to doing it. And I, you know, I just think that the, in this movie in particular, like Spock has shown more, a lot of humanity in, you know, his, his, in his performance and his, you know, actions. And I think it's the start of something that we see even, and I'm going to say foreshadowing later in the movie, we see that caring for another, you know, another human or another, uh, you know, the needs of the one or the, you know, the many outweigh the needs of the one or the few. And I feel like him saying, be careful here is definitely foreshadowing something that he feels later in the movie. At least that's what I think. Well, who knew? So many reactions <laughs> to this, this one line. <laughs> uh, I think McCoy makes up for it for me as much as I, you know, like, eh. but uh, his reply of we will. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Spock. Uh, that's a great moment. It's a classic McCoy. Which I'm actually going to differ on you on this one. Oh my God. <laughs> I actually don't like it when he goes, we will. I, I feel like it's, he, he, he's had so many of these moments over the, you know, these one-liners. He's, he's always there with a zinger and it's like, 
you know, you had such a great moment, and you had to <laughs> zing all over it. <laughs> See, I, I'm going to fall right between you two again. I liked the line, but I, I, I feel like it was what was needed because that was such a heavy moment, kind of left hanging on the bridge. We needed something kind of light to, to kind of bring us out of it and maybe lighten the mood a little bit. See, just like you are doing right now, Pete, for this show. <laughs> <laughs> so appreciate having you here. Otherwise, Dave and I would just be yelling at each other. <laughs> That's not true. No. Um, and uh, yeah, and then we get we do get uh, Spock's reaction to the We Will, which is the eyebrow, which uh, uh, my, my note was, I don't think he says anything. I think he just raises his eyebrow. You, what and, do you think he's saying and, with that eyebrow? Oh, is, yeah, is it screw you or is it? I just told Jim to be careful. You know? It's like, oh, yeah, you're not my close friend. Jim is. <laughs> Logically, I would only tell him. Well, or I feel like, like it goes. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Pete. Oh, I was just, or is he saying like, oh, yeah, he was right. I probably should have told him too. <laughs> well, I feel like it's, it's, it's Spock's default response to anything that McCoy gives him any business about like i think back to the to the minute where they're talking about genesis and you know he you green-blooded inhuman and spock there even raises his eyebrow there i feel like it's his default you know i don't know how to handle this i'm just going to give you the eyebrow <laughs> so maybe it's spock's be... exasperated sigh yeah <laughs> could be that's another one we should be keeping count of uh, <laughs> is how many Spock eyebrows to McCoy zingers. <laughs> is it a one-to-one -one ratio? Um, my note on Spock's eyebrow though, is that that's, it's, uh, it's always great. I'll take a Spock eyebrow anytime. Yeah. I went through there. Um, so I had another note. Uh, these guys, they, the three of them get on the turbo lift. Uh, Savick joins them. And you know the doors close, and I'm like, oh man! It, it, everybody always looks cool getting on a turbo lift. You know, there's always they're they're <laughs> off to action, right? And uh, so that was my first thought. I was I was watching it. I'm like, yeah, cool. And then I realized that uh, McCoy's holding the door open. <laughs> yep. Which we I know we noticed in another minute too that they're holding these doors open like we do in the we uh -huh. did in the 20th century. <laughs> yeah, I was. So wondering I don't understand like, why. How did how did I was? It all of a sudden made me wonder how turbo lifts work. And I actually asked Tom Taylor, my co-host, and he just kind of sighed and rolled his eyes. And so he never actually answered it. But like, oh. do, do they just open when you walk up to it? Or does it, like, is there some kind of little signal you have to give? Like, it seems, because she's standing right in front of it. So it seems funny that it would close. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, I can understand from the minute before where she's running down the gangway and she's like, hold, please. Like, I can understand, like, you got to figure out some way to hold it, but... Yeah, where she's right in front of it, it's going to sense that she's walking in. So, yeah, what 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 is McCoy doing there? Or is he just, yeah, is he just being kind of old-fashioned, gentlemanly? Oh, I'll hold the door for you. Yeah, it's probably more like that. And uh, it's so funny too watching the. I'm just I'm looping through this as you guys are talking, and you know, Kirk as Kirk turns around and just starts walking towards the door. The door isn't even open yet. And he's like. He's walking right towards it. He is confident that door is going to be wide, wide enough open <laughs> for him to pass through it. Uh, anyway, I would love to see the uh, the scene where uh, Kirk goes to the door and it doesn't open, smashes right into it. Uh, yeah, yeah. How many times you get you catch your shoulder on it, or you full on hit your face in it because it's you know <laughs> you, you jumped the gun and it wasn't ready for you. 
<laughs> I mean, they have barely enough power for transporter, but they have <laughs> enough power for those doors to open up. <laughs> yeah. So we so we cut away, right? Uh, we get this shot of regular one, which um, it's a fantastic shot. Yeah, it's quite it's it kind of stands out, doesn't it, from shots other shots in the film? It's like it's backlit by I don't know what, and uh, in the music that they they kick in at the same moment in the backlight, it looked regular one looks like a monster. Yeah, yeah, floating <laughs> a little bit. Arms yeah. are outstretched. Yeah. It's got his big X Cyclops eye, um, and uh, and so I went I went and looked up. I'm like, oh, what what is that music? So I've got the I think we talked about it. I've got the vinyl soundtrack, which is you know the whole score from the entire film. Um, this bit of music is um, is called Inside Regular One. <laughs> okay, it's a super super creative title. Um, but my note uh, here was they really did a good job with this shot and the, in the music of setting up kind of getting us ready for a haunted house vibe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I kept thinking like, if, this would be a cool poster to have on your wall too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's creepy. It is. <laughs> it's well, it definitely prepares us for, you know, what's coming. Uh, yeah. You know, the walk through and the hallways inside. and yeah. What's inside. How do, yep. you, do you guys know how, it seems like the station is huge. Like we don't really ever see a lot of people, but like in size comparison to the enterprise, it looks enormous. And I'm wondering if it just has kind of a skeleton crew operating it or if there were thousands of people on it. Well, we did look, we did learn, I think it was not in the, in the film, but it's in either the novelization or one of the cutscenes that Dave's been talking about that most of the, it's been established that most of the people on the station are on leave, like shore leave. Oh, okay. And so, so the characters we have seen is probably what you would call a skeleton crew, like just the, the core team. Uh-huh. Um, but and I, and I want to say it, it, it the full complement was like in the hundreds. I, I don't have it at my fingertips, but it was there are there are supposed to be a lot of people running this thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I would think. Okay. But yeah, I would think a lot of people are supposed to be running it. But as we know, a lot of people are on leave. Because I think David even mentions that, like they knew when everyone was going to be on leave. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Okay, good. They did mention the film. Yeah. Okay. But like, are there people that like you see those other lights down below? Like, are there other people doing other things, like still hanging out in the station, or do you think it's just completely deserted? Oh, I've always thought it was deserted. Yeah. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta imagine that you know, and I don't know if we talked about it or not, Chris, but you know, Carol Marcus is, um, you know, she's, I don't know if she runs the station. I I think she just runs the, that project, and like you even said, like down below there's the botanical. I gotta imagine that there's some head of the botanical down there. Oh, so it's not just it's not, it's not just the Genesis project on the station. It could be other projects. I w- I would think if it's as big as we think it is, and there's as many people as we think there are, there must be other projects being run there. Hmm. It can't just be a lab for. The, it, I could be completely way off base and she could be running the station, but the way David makes it sound like, you know, everyone else is, you know, they waited until everyone was on leave. Like, I feel like there were more people there and it was just like the, you know, whatever it was, the seven or eight people that are there are left. Well, I hope everybody's gone. (laughs) Yeah. Based on what we know, what happened, 
um, the fewer people, the better. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think they just left all the lights on Pete. <laughs> um, so the, so uh, McCoy, Kirk and Savick, they beam in, which is always fun to watch. I'm yeah. always a fan of the transporter effects. Yep. And, uh, and then Savick immediately turns on the tricorder, uh, AKA the tension builder. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's been used to great effect um, in other films. I don't know if this is the... F Actually, this wouldn't have been the first one because I think Alien, um, they've got a tracker, right? And that came out in 79. So that came out before this film. Uh, Aliens reused it as well to great effect. Um, but oh, yeah. there's something about there's something about the, the subtle beeping that slowly picks up speed. Yeah. <laughs> it really gets your skin crawling. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a, I had a, uh, I don't know if it's a stupid laugh, but I had a laugh watching this minute. Um, we've talked about the, the regular one space station is a, a repurposed model from the motion picture and it's turned upside down. And, uh, I, I laughed to myself, like, Oh, wouldn't it be funny if all the hallways were upside down as well? <laughs> since the... <laughs> that would have been a nice, a nice touch. <laughs> You're thinking too much about it, Chris. <laughs> I know it's well, clearly, you know, Minute by minute, um, <laughs> these are the things where your head goes. Um, so, Kirk says phasers on stun. Yep. My question is, why didn't they do that before they beamed down? <laughs> so they so they were planning on killing people. Well, they, they didn't down. know what they were getting into. So I I agree with Kirk's decision here to maybe go in with the guns full full bore and then they get there and they don't see anything so now maybe they're like maybe someone's hiding like phases on stun so we can question and see what's going on here because they don't know okay. what they don't know what they're walking into yeah. ohor has been doing her job excellently by trying to get <laughs> communications up so they have no communication they don't know you know scanners are not online you got to remember they can't scan right so because that takes more power than the transporter <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I, I fully agree that, but he's not at the ready, but I, I agree with him going in with the way he went in. Shoot to kill. hot. Shoot to kill. Yeah. Shoot to kill. <laughs> uh, you just, okay. So I got to, so let's just take a break for a second. Right. So, uh, somewhere, you know, if we just, we just passed through the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. And so the internet was ablaze and my feed was ablaze with all sorts of fun, you know, top this, uh, top ten this, top ten that, yep. and uh, and one one of the ones I came across was that uh, that Star Star Trekking song. Yep, uh, from like Doctor Doctor Demento. Demento. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, and and the, and you know the, it, the headline even said, "Don't you know, don't play it unless you want it stuck in your head all day." And I haven't heard it in years, and that's the line, right? Is that we come in peace, we shoot to we, kill, we, shoot to kill. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for now. It's back in my head. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> I aim to please. Um, nice shot of the stripes on the pants. Like you get, you really get to see like how nicely coordinated these clothes are. Yeah, she's looking. She looks like she's wearing Han Solo's pants. Yes, approved. What, what do you What do you think of the jacket? I've actually been wondering about the the clothes the whole movie. Like, is it cold on the Enterprise? Because those the normal shirt things they're wearing look really warm. Like it looks like it's kind of a heavy wool and a turtleneck. 
Well, yeah, they got the yeah they got the turtleneck, which I feel like has got to be stifling, and then they wear that yeah that jacket thing that I'm sure is not comfortable for moving around. Yeah, and so then when they put this kind of parka thing over it, it must be they must really be expecting it to be cold, which I guess would make sense. If I it, think that, I think yeah I think so. If going onto a deserted space station, not knowing what's going in there, you got to bundle up. <laughs> are you are, are you go ahead? Oh, my well, just to answer Pete's question about the coats or. Uh, or was it yours, Dave? The the pockets I would find extremely distracting because <laughs> <laughs> they're they're stick out and they're rigid, and you know I'd be bumping into them all the time, and they they look like they're probably functional but not you know not comfortable. But the more important question is: Are you a collar up or a collar down? <laughs> Mike, my, my question was: Who's wearing the coolest jacket? <laughs> Of course, Kirk's got his collar on. <laughs> and McCoy's always got the kind of leisure sh- leisure suit look, and it, he he carries it off with the jacket too. It kind of fits him. He, he, you say that now, and I just and that's all I can see is from way back at the beginning that ridiculous outfit he's wearing then, and he totally is wearing it again. Yeah, he's kind of the Mister Furley of the movie. He just like every every outfit. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I, you know, I do. I, I think we've, we've, you know, we talk about this. Is that this movie sets kind of the tone for the next four, <clears throat> four films with the with the uniforms? Um, but it's escaping me at the moment if these jackets make another appearance. Mm, I don't because I, I, I'm actually I'm I am a fan of these jackets. Like I, if I had one of these, I'd wear it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, I've always been a fan of it. Mm-hmm. It's a cool jacket. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I would wear it with the collar up. Yeah, I would. Oh really? I'd be. I'd collar down. I don't think I could pull it off, but I would do. It. <laughs> nice. Uh, it does kind of fit because you guys were talking earlier about sort of this whole movie as kind of a naval feel, and they do it, with the collar up, especially. It does look kind of like a naval pea coat. Like it's kind of got that same, like oh, giant yeah, collar feel totally. to it. Yep, totally. Yeah, he needs to be on the deck, on the deck of the <laughs> ship on a blustery day. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, what is it? The uh, move out, right? Is that is the last uh, last line here? Kirk says, "Move out," and they all split up. Yep. Which is always a good thing to do when you're on a, a scary haunted <laughs> space station is to split up. Yeah. No one's no one's responding. Yeah. Yep. Let's uh, let's split up. <laughs> yeah. We'll, We'll all be safe that way. And I'm sure they all know exactly where everything is and where to go, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> if anything, I'd be sticking with Savick. She's at least got the tricorder to know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, they should both be standing, like, behind her, right? Just phasers drawn and <laughs> tell me where to shoot. <laughs> well, I feel like McCoy hesitates a little bit, so Kirk goes, move out. And Savick quickly picks up the tricorder and starts walking off. Kirk starts walking off, and he's kind of like, ooh, where am I? You guys are leaving. I guess I that's. <laughs> but you got to you got to give it to. I'm sure Nicholas Meyer had something to do with this, right? The director was probably. It's it's a really it's kind of true to character in a way, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Kirk, Kirk's definitely going to go bounding forward, and I think Savick is definitely set up as, you know, the assertive, uh, go getter, you know, up and comer. Yep. Um, and and then yeah, McCoy. <laughs> This isn't his forte. This is not his strength. But he he decided to go. He was like, I can spare me. Yeah, that would have been funny if he just volunteered one of his nurses. 
Betty's regretting his choice now. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm out of notes for this one. How about you guys? Yeah, I, I too am out of notes. But I believe, Chris, you wanted to mention something about a previous minute. Oh, thank you, Dave. Corrections Department. Um, yeah, so we spent quite a bit of time um, <laughs> talking back in uh, back in the scene in, in Spock's quarters when uh, Kirk came to ask for uh, the, you know the to take the ship back so he could take it to regular and find out what's going on. Um, we were commenting a lot on all the artwork that Spock had in his quarters. And in particular, the tapestry made out of pennies, um, which I still believe so, is made out of pennies. <laughs> yeah. And so Pete, uh, we were, we were looking at the design of the thing at the time. It looks very much like the death star. Oh yeah. Um, I remember that. And, uh, even even to the effect of, well, I think Dave, you said it looks like there's a star destroyer floating in front of it. I thought it was the laser coming out of it from, uh-huh. you know, the, the, um, and speculated. Well, you know, Star Wars would be a thing, right? In in the Star Trek universe, it's in our future, so they could have some knowledge of you know, of Star Wars. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, so I came across in my uh, again another one of my feeds. Um, it was on Instagram. I think it was the Roddenberry official account. Um, Lo and behold, that the symbol came up on the feed. I'm like, oh, there's that. And uh, uh, it turns out this is a thing from the Star Trek canon. It is not just a random piece of artwork that they had in Spock's, Spock's quarters. Um, it's actually a, a, a symbol uh, called the IDIC, I-D-I-C. Uh, and it is, it is short for uh, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Um, and it's part of the Vulcan philosophy. And... Uh, it was actually introduced in the original series. Yep. Um, Spock has worn, a, I guess, a pin um, with that same symbol on it in some of the episodes, like in his formal wear. Yep. Um, so for all that stuff we were uh, uh, teasing about it, um, it was actually uh, the set decorator was, was pulling, a, a, I would call a deep cut out of the original series and actually putting this artwork in uh, in Spock's quarters. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, um, so I, I was uh, both embarrassed but also... Uh, uh, delighted to learn something new, and it wasn't just some random thing. It was actually had some had some uh, some some meaning to uh, to Spock and the and Vulcan. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'll uh, I'll post a picture. I've got a couple. I found a few few samples of of what the symbol looks like. We'll post those up on the website. Yeah, the one I had found was uh, it's like a necklace. Like Spock is wearing it as a necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. But I'm still gonna go and say, even though this came before. I believe the first appearance is in 1968. Still looks like the Death Star. Yeah, so now we're wondering where maybe George <laughs> Lucas was inspired from. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Well, if, if you learned anything about that, like, infinity mirror behind him, I want to know about that, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, t- I think I think we talked about that, that. That's a real thing. I've yeah. seen that in real oh, life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't as fun in, in real life as it was <laughs> in Spock's quarters. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so that was a, another installment of Corrections Department. Yes. <laughs> or more Info Department. We haven't given it a good name yet. We'll have to come up with a name for uh, additional things we have learned. Um, <clears throat> so, Pete, I have a, a question for you because we're wrapping up the week. Um, uh-huh. uh, we've been asking our guests to, um, to rank uh, the Star Trek movies. And um, it's up to you if you want to try to rank all 13 of them. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone has yet. Yeah. <laughs> I think don't I would, feel the pressure. I would stick if with you the want, original just, series if that's okay. Yeah, if you were going to rank of which grouping would you rank and, and, and how would you do it? It's funny because I was actually just talking – I mentioned Tom earlier, but I was actually just talking to him about this because um, he's a huge Star Trek fan. And uh, he was a little surprised, I think. But I, I think my first was actually uh, the motion picture. And I know that's not necessarily a popular opinion, but I, I'm a sucker for the motion picture. <laughs> So I I, okay. I would say one, two, four, uh, probably three, six, five. All right, pretty consistent. I think I think five is has it made it out of the bottom slot, Dave? I, I, don't, I, don't think so. I think it's pretty much the yeah. bottom bottom slot. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I will say, uh, Pete, I appreciate you. You know, standing up for the motion picture and calling it number one. Um, I think Dave and I are learning as we've been doing this project more and more that, uh, um, I mean, I, I like the motion picture, but I would say I, I, it's not at the top of my list, but there is a lot of love out there for the motion picture. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's mm -hmm. definitely made me, uh, even though I haven't watched it again since we started this, uh, it's definitely made me appreciate it more just by, um, you know, the love that, that it's that it's getting from people. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to going back and watching again now, kind of with the yeah. all this feedback we've okay. been getting. Yeah, I know Tom. That's I think he ranked it right up there with number two, also. So it, yeah, I I, 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 I think it has, it has the makings of a really awesome movie. Uh -huh. But I feel like it was just they focused on some stuff too long, and it just drags on in moments. And to me, that just it, it's it just made it tough to watch. Not that I don't think it, it's a good movie on its own w with what it is now, but I feel uh -huh. like if someone edited out some of the stuff and right, right. tightened it up a little, it might be a really awesome movie. And it definitely feels thematically different than all of the other movies. Oh yeah. Like it, it definitely yeah. feels like a different thing. Well, I think we've commented before and I know guests have, it's, it feels more like an, like an episode, like it almost could just be a, Mm -hmm. You know, like this is what happened after the five-year mission, uh -huh. kind of thing. I think that's one of the things I liked about it. Is it? It felt sort of like a continuation. It's like more of more of the same kind of, but at the same time, on a really grand scale. Like he, they really, you know, it had the giant budget. It had the giant special effects. So it's kind of to me, it sort of felt like well, what would happen if we just shot saw the TV show on a huge scale? What would it look like? And it, I mean, just to me, it, like I was really young and it just felt very magical. Like it felt very yep. big. And and that, I think, you know, I, I think you, I think that it was supposed to be right. It was when you when you think about it at the time, that was probably one of the first times, a, you know, a television show made it to the big screen, uh -huh. you know, and, and it was able to, you know, ramp up from their, you know, crummy little styrofoam stages, you know, styrofoam. <laughs> boulders and everything and yeah they actually have a real budget to do real special effects and um and they did when you did the special effects for all for as as long as we watch v'ger yeah you know <laughs> it's still beautiful uh -huh. like everything everything yeah. in there is beautiful but yeah that's um, yeah i think there's been a long conversation on the forum on the facebook page and stuff like that and yeah there are elements of the movie that are great and visually look stunning but it just drags on <laughs> I, I I don't mean to out you guys, but have you have you talked about doing that, like going on to eventually talk about that movie? We're trying yeah. to figure out. Yeah, I think well, I go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. I was just going to say we're we're trying to figure out 
in what way we're going to do that. Uh-huh. And I think I'll yeah. just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think we're going to I, I think we're going to at some point, uh-huh. Pete. And uh, uh, in, in a way, now personally for me, it's like all right, challenge accepted. There's been uh-huh. enough people that are like, oh, how come you haven't done that? Why'd you do that? Why didn't you do that one first? And you know, at the time, you know, being, you know, this is our first podcast, and uh, and uh, you know, the, I think the minute format is is a great way to you know kick off of uh, your own podcast because it's it gives you a. It gives you a format to follow, and uh, but looking at <laughs> looking at the motion picture was daunting. Yeah, like oh boy. Oh yeah, and, even and, yeah. It was, as someone whose movies that's his favorite of the bunch. Like I can't imagine doing some of those minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be and, uh, a whole and, minute of people looking at things. There's yeah. a lot of those minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but I think the other reason too is. It, the reason we did Wrath of Khan is just because it is Dave and I, it's, it's one of our favorite films. So it was made, you know, like if I'm going to talk about something for hours and hours and hours on end, you know, it would be this film and, and uh-huh. probably only a few others. Um, which actually, Pete, I did want to ask you, and, and I don't know if I'm outing you or not, uh, is Raiders of the Lost Ark, is that your favorite film or do you have another favorite uh, actually, I think my favorite film, well, my favorite film would probably be Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Mm. So I think Raiders would be a close second, but cool. especially just so, at a visceral so you're doing... level. But I'm, I'm also, I, I'm a big Wrath of Khan fan too. Well, you're, do, you're doing the right podcast then if, if Raiders <laughs> is that high up on your list, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to all you know, clearly this, you know, there's a lot of these, uh, the minute podcast coming out of the woodwork, mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, it's fun to see what people's, you know, the, I think everyone's, you know, outing themselves like, well, this is my favorite movie. That's right, why I'm doing right, a podcast right, about it. Right? right. And it's fun to see the ones that are coming alive. Um, like clueless, right. That was, uh, <laughs> yeah. that one surprised me when I found out that was out there, which is a, it's a fun movie. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, we got airport minute and then this Big one's hot off the press. Oh, yes. Ahead. Uh, nope, that one, but also uh, Lord of the Rings minute. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm very interested to see to listen to that one. Yeah, <laughs> and they're doing the extended edition. I know that's <laughs> crazy. That's going to be like like doing the Star Wars or you know original trilogy for one film. I know. <laughs> um, so that'll be pretty amazing. Yeah, um, and then I, but, uh, from a completely different point of view, like if I can throw in a little plug for Tom, he's doing Caddyshack minute, and that's. Uh, that's a fun one. Like he's just doing it once a week, but it's it's definitely got a different vibe than any of the other move, the other minute podcasts so far. Yeah, I love Caddyshack. Caddyshack two, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like these two because it's uh, I haven't seen Caddyshack in forever. I it, uh, I'm a fan, but I guess I haven't I haven't watched a lot of movies lately. It seems like, and uh, so that's just another reason. Like, all right, I got to rewatch Caddyshack, mm-hmm. and then I can totally follow along and mm-hmm. um so that's that'll be a fun one yeah yeah it's a good one awesome well great well cool well pete um we really appreciate you coming on the show this oh, week and uh me. we loved loved having you yeah this was great um so uh why don't you uh i guess one last time if you can let folks know where they can find you uh, online uh you can find us at indianajonesminute.com and you can find all of our episodes are all about us right there awesome awesome great well yeah I think we mentioned it on Wednesday, but you guys, if you haven't checked it out already, definitely give their show a listen. It's a lot of fun. You guys have, I think you guys have, you have guests all the time, which is, uh, which is great. Lots of great perspectives on the film. So, uh, highly recommend. 
Uh, all right. So then, folks, um, you can find us online. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, if uh, uh, we usually like to ask once a week, if you go, uh, uh, go out to iTunes and drop us a rating and a review, we'd love to hear um, how we're doing and what we could be doing better. Um, always great to get feedback. Uh, so if you could do that, that'd be great. And um, we will be back again here on Monday with Minute 61 of Star Trek II here at the Rathacon Minute. Move out. We will 